one of the questions I get more than any other question here on the Manlyhood Mancast is, how do I make friends? Today's guest is going to talk to us about that. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and today's guest is a fantastic guest. It's going to teach you how to build your tribe, how to build your group of friends, how to how to really make good, healthy friendships that will change your life. Can't wait to get to this interview, but before we do, just want to encourage you, if you want to level up as a man or have an opportunity to make some friends, go to the Manlyhood Man Cave. It's a free, private Facebook group for men. Join the group. We'd love to have you. Uh, we usually have a whole bunch of stuff we'd like to promote here. I'm just going to tell you guys, make sure you go to manlyhood.com. Make sure you're plugged in in the Facebook group. Uh, make sure that you've signed up for our emails that come out, which you can uh, get that at our website. Uh, you can sign up for that for that email list so that we can let you know what's going on because we've got all kinds of stuff. Please, if you like the episodes that you're seeing and hearing here at Manlyhood, leave a comment, a review, uh, share it with somebody, leave a rating on iTunes. Let's get the word out so that we can let people know what we're doing here and why it matters. Without further ado, here's Simon Broland. For letting me be here. I'm really excited to it. Yeah, all the way from Denmark. That's quite a... <laughs> <laughs> That's a span. Yeah, yeah. Six hours, eight hours time difference, something like that. I'm not 100% sure where it is you are. but Yeah, we're in Pennsylvania, so uh, in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. But <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Copenhagen, Denmark, Northern Europe. Enjoying to be here. I'm really looking forward for this conversation. It's going to be fun. Yeah, same here, man. I'm excited. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Yeah, I'm something as exotic as a friendship coach. There's not a lot of us around. So often people say, I didn't know that was a thing. And to be honest, it may not always have been, but in a nutshell, my wife and myself, we teach adults how to build friendships. When we were seven years old, you just kicked a ball in someone's face and you said you were sorry, and then you were best friends, right? If you do that as adults, it's a different ball game. So yeah, I'm teaching adults the skills it takes to build friendships. There is a lot of uncertainties about what it takes. There's a lot of myth about what it is to make friends and everyone else is making friends. So maybe there's something wrong with me and a lot of misunderstanding. And most of all, there's a lot of shame and taboo when it comes to friendships and loneliness as adults. So that's what we try to both break down some myth, but also help adults to gain the confidence and the skills, which is what it is to build friendships. So that's a topic of particular interest to my listeners here at Manlyhood because yeah. it's actually a question I get a lot because I'm always telling the guys, look, if you want to have, if you want to be the best you can be, you've got to have men in your corner. You've got to have that band of brothers. And yes. they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, well, I've tried that. If you don't have <laughs> it, then you didn't do it right. You know? Yeah. There's definitely something to that. And I think for, especially for us men, to be honest, we both have men and women in our program and we men 
we tend to only get so deep in our friendships that I sometimes provocatively say that most men only have buddies and actually don't have friends because there is a layer to get to the friendship level to become band of brothers. There is a vulnerability level that most men neglect either because they don't know how to, or they are afraid to actually go into the vulnerability of actually exposing yourself from the sides you don't like about yourself. Yeah, I know that's very true. Because when you mm. think about it, like, we almost have a, this facade that we put up where we're like, I'm good. That's yeah. People ask you how you're doing. And you're like, I'm mm. fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And I think there's also a problem in let's call it a challenge instead of a problem right a challenge in the structure of many male groups is often when you look into it is quite interesting i'm sorry because i'm going to break most groups for you now when i say this there's almost always a very certain hierarchy when you go into a male group you'll see the alpha the guy who runs the show not necessarily in a bad way but most look towards him and then you have the betas looking around seeing they can be part of it and there's this hierarchy and it's so clear that if the alpha of a male group do not set the standard of us actually daring to talk about deeper stuff if it's all about fist bumping and beers <laughs> not that any of those are bad but if it's all about that and nothing else then it's hard to make that a culture where we change it and most men are not in a group or a hierarchy where that is actually acceptable to talk about yeah and sometimes you've got to be the one to break the ice and not yes. not everybody is going to be ready for it either no. that's been my experience no definitely no, and I completely agree. I've seen that a lot as well. And to be honest, I think once we dig deeper, most are a good with it, but it's so uncomfortable to many that ridicule will often or humor or I didn't think this was a girl's group. What are we doing here? These kind of things are a defense mechanism where it's just going to be thrown out there because you took me off guard. Are you really going to talk about feelings. Where are we going with this? I'm uncomfortable. I'm not used to it. I don't have the tools. So I'm going to ridicule or at the best make fun. And that blows it all away. Unless you're really certain that this is what you want to do. And you're actually wanting to dig deeper than where you're going. Cause most men just don't know what to do about it. Yeah. I think sometimes the humor aspect of it can help take, if I'm in a group and a guy gets personal, I always try to be the guy that listens. Sometimes that if the humor is done in a way that's self-deprecating rather than attacking the guy who just opened his heart, then, okay, now we've, we've disarmed the tension in the room rather than mm. to just make it harder. <laughs> Agreed. No, I agree. A humor can, it's a double-edged sword, right? You can cut the wrong way and you can use it to say, you know what? We're all good. We're still men. We're still here. We just talked about a tough topic. So I do think that humor can definitely be a tool. But if we don't use in the right way, we're just putting someone down. And that's, I think it, it happens a lot these days where what kind of a, what kind of a girl are you that you're talking about this? That's the thing that often comes. But if you can do it where you're pushing someone on and saying, yeah, let's lighten the mood a little bit afterwards. I'm fine with that yeah. for sure. And obviously too, when men get together, there's always a little bit of ball busting. That's just kind of part of the fun. Sure. We just have yeah, to be yeah. careful and thoughtful. Don't say anything to somebody right. that you wouldn't 
want them to say to you. And be careful and just feel the room. Is this actually going towards fun or is it tearing someone yeah. down? Because that's again to these hierarchies. When you look at it, there's often someone who just get a little more of the ball busting than others. And at some point it just becomes teasing and it happens as adults as well. And I'm not here to say, don't make fun of each other, but just dare to be aware and say, is it always the same guy receiving? And then maybe there's a bad culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So a lot of guys will, that I have worked with and talked with over the years, they're at the place where they, I say, Hey, you've really got to get some friends around you and, and what I can offer with my online group and stuff like that. I might give you some mm. connections. You might have a little yeah. bit of that, but it's still not flesh and blood real life. And they don't even know where to start. So where right. do we start with this process? Yeah, yeah. And I think you're stretching something really important because we are created physically. So I love online. I love that we can connect around the world, but we're just meant to be together. We're pack animals, right? So the whole thing of being in the room with each other or outside, whatever, but being together, it's definitely a thing. I think one of the, the, the myth or some of the misconceptions that I often hear people say is, just go get a hobby because then you'll be with like my people. But to be honest, I think that is a mistake. You'll find that if you start singing in a choir, if that's your thing, everyone is 40 years older than you. And if you start playing football, it's hard, hard to talk when you're out of breath. But on top of that, just because you have the same hobby, it really doesn't mean that you're connecting around anything else than that. So when we have our clients in the program, we actually often take them on a little bit of a journey where we're talking about ethics and morals and values to actually go a level deeper than just interest, because that's where we start resonating with. So take me, for instance, if I were to move to a different country and I wanted to start building new friendships, I'm a church goer myself. I'm an entrepreneur. I have been since I was very young. And so that would definitely be places that I would start to look because there's something about the faith part of my life that will connect me with another person. But the whole entrepreneurial mindset, that's a different kind of breed. It's a different kind of person. So I will feel more in the room with someone who's crazy enough to be an entrepreneur as well. So that is two of the places that I would look. I love football. I love all these other things, but I don't necessarily find that same value system there. So I would go to church and entrepreneurial network meetings to see if I could find some like-minded people. Yeah, I think that's, that makes good sense. Think about here in our country. And I know Denmark has the history of Vikings and rooted in a warrior culture. Our culture still has here in America, we still have that a lot of that warrior culture because we've got so many veterans and mm. soldiers over the years. Mm. I know that those guys, when they were in the service, when they were in war, when they were fighting together, going through the trauma, even of just training yeah. together, they formed bonds. Whereas Absolutely. when you get back home to the real world, or if you never went, that bond isn't there because there's not that. The reason that they formed bonds is because they're in life-threatening, difficult situations together where right. they have to they need to rely on each other. And so those hard conversations yeah. come out of that, I think. And absolutely, it doesn't always happen here in day-to-day -day life. No, and I think there's something where that is a very specific situation where the pressure comes in and they are forced to be together in thick and thin. And that builds something special that is a little bit harder to duplicate as, as people just living our nine to five, uh, 
bringing the kids to and from soccer practice and all these things. So we have to be more intentional about what we do. And that's again, where we definitely have to find a way to put ourselves into play. I often provocatively enough say, if you don't know who you are, there is no way another person can actually love you for who you are using the word as love. But there is something to this that actually digging deep enough to figure out who you are. And I think it's interesting. Often when I speak to adults, I have a little experiments that I like to do every now and again, when I meet a new person and say, let's, let's get to know each other, but we're not allowed to say what we do as a day job. And that often confuses people quite a lot because what do I then say? So what do I do? Okay. What, what makes me happy? Oh, I have to dig a little bit deeper because to be honest, I'm a trained teacher. I am a coach. I love working with people. It doesn't say that much about me. It just says something about what I do. So to find that layer deeper and say, what actually makes me happy? What kind of things build trust for me? What kind of things do I enjoy doing in, in, in a layer deeper than just my work. It's an interesting exercise because it helps people to actually find a layer of themselves that they are not used to, to getting to. And that helps us to get a little bit closer to what connects us. Yeah. It's something I talk about all the time. When we talk about purpose, yeah. we like to identify with, yeah. we love to identify with the thing that we do. But the problem mm. is if I decide that my purpose, because the thing that I love to do is to be a runner, which it's not, I don't run unless there's something chasing me. But if that's what I identify as, and I hang my hook, the hook or hang my hat on that hook of identity on something like that, what happens if I get in an accident and lose a leg? That's not who exactly. I am. So you have got to get deeper into who you are. Yeah. And I think for many of us men, to get there and to figure that out, it's again, uncomfortable. It's you're talking about yourself. We have this more warrior mentality. There is a goal. There is something ahead of us we have to do, but to actually sit down and figure out who am I actually, what motivates me, what gets me through a day we use. when we talk to our clients, we use a personality type system called the Enneagram. And the reason why I absolutely love that one is that it's based not as how the world sees you, which most personality type systems does, but it's actually the other way around. It's how you see the world. And so that means that it's based on your fear you know, your core motivation and your core fear. And it digs really deep and it's, it takes you into, if I don't consider my actions, this is my go-to move always. If I don't consider what I do, this is how I will always do it. But it also helps us to dig ourselves out of that and get a perspective. And that gives us a language for who we are. And that means we can connect with another person on a different level. And so I love that, but we don't as men often do it. It's considered one of the soft things to do, which I completely disagree with, but I, I see that it's an eye opener for most men. Once we dig into it. Well, I think, especially when we look at the younger generation right now, the way they use social media and everything else, people are craving and crying out for that identity and to the point where they're yeah. even starting to identify as a mental health diagnosis because it gives them something to identify with and it still doesn't get yeah. to the heart of who you are. It's and true. maybe they have the diagnosis, maybe they don't, but it's almost, it's become this badge because it's something to identify with. And then they find within that sense of community. So they start to find friends that way. And I almost feel like it's the wrong way to do it. I completely agree. I actually worked with boys with ADHD for a while. And I would always say to people, don't ever introduce yourself as ADHD. I get you have it, 
but it's just a it's a title and it has so many expectations for people once you open up that can of worms and it puts you in a box it's much more important who you are what makes you happy so you may have a way around that because of your adhd but it's only a side of you it's not who you are and i think you're on the money in terms of the identity i'm on this shelf with these people i think it's ironic how often it's like i want to be unique i'm uniquely me just like the rest of the other people who i've put myself on the shelf with but there's just something comforting about this is where i belong and then we find it in strange places sometimes like this diagnosis or this specific kind of music or this kind of way of dressing but there is something so much deeper in us than just these superficial shelves that we like to put ourselves on. Yeah. So we've done that. Maybe let's say we're at that place where we're really starting to get to know ourselves. We know who we are. And then we start looking for friends. You, yeah. you talked about going to the places where, you know, you've got that common affinity mm. church or entrepreneurship was yeah, what yeah, I said. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's centered around not a hobby, but a lifestyle. Like I think around here, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are into hunting or trapping. And so that's going to be the kind of thing where they draw together around a common, a common mm. cause or a common interest. So yeah. how does it go from, okay, he's the guy that I bowl with on Tuesday nights to he's, this is my friend. Yeah, exactly. Two of the main tools that we teach our clients is something that sounds very simple. We teach listening and we actually, we're talking about listening levels. Now, listening levels goes into four different levels where the bottom level is where you're not even listening. You're just talking and you're just talking your own agenda. You're not listening to the other person. And then I think we often know the level next level is where we're listening, but we're only listening, waiting for the other person to say something where I can put my own sense into it. So, oh, so hunting, oh, you should see my bow. My bow is even bigger. My rifle's got the bigger. And these kind of people, they're not even listening. They're just waiting to put their sense in. And I'm, you're not a bad person. We can all end in this end of the listening level. But when you're listening at the two highest levels is where you're actually listening to the conversation. You actually not putting your own sense into it. You're actually listening and you're at this end, there'll be more questions. Oh, you like hunting. What does that do for you? Why is that such a purpose driven hobby for you? What does that give you that, that the conversation slows down and the other person becomes the focus of the conversation instead of me just putting mine in. And then the top level of listening is where you're not listening for words. You're actually listening for facial expressions and the vibe of the conversation. Is there a combination between what he's saying or a, was that called disharmony between what he's saying and how he actually looks when he's saying it's like, yeah, I just love hunting. Yeah. So that those levels of listening is, is a tool that sounds very simple, but once you start using it and you actually start to figure out how you use it, it becomes this amazing way of connecting with a person because when you listen to another person, instead of bringing yours in, you're actually giving them that gift of putting them in the center and saying, you know what, you're interesting enough for me to hold my anecdote back and just let you be the focus. And it's funny when people are not used to it, people will often be like, that was the best conversation I've had in a while. And you'll smile and yeah, we did it about you. And I gave you that gift of just being focused on you for five minutes and it actually feels nice. And that is the kind of things that will bring 
us closer as people that I just say, you know what, the next 10 minutes, let's just make it about you. I'll just listen. I'll just ask questions. But once you become intentional about that, it's an amazing tools of bringing friendships. And then as a little sprinkle on top, we, we teach about how to ask good questions and how to really dig into a conversation. Yeah. And as a funny side note, it, there's a tendency for us to always talk about the same topics. Like it's very normal for these days for us to talk about Ukraine for the 1500th time, but we're actually never getting anywhere once we talk about the same topic, the same football match, the same hunting gear. So for us to make sure that we stay clear of all the whatever talks and actually make sure we dig deeper as into like, why does it make you happy to hunt? How was your week? Hey, tell me a little bit more about that and dig a layer deeper and not just talk about how weird Putin is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that is the killer is the small talk. And there's a time and place yeah. for it, but that's sure. Small talk makes small friendship. It, it doesn't get you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So uh, another thing I think a lot about is we've got these guys who they've tried to make friends or they've had good friends and then they've been betrayed and they have a really hard time trusting someone new. Yeah. What would you tell them? Yeah, I love that you bring up trust because trust is actually another tool that we are teaching on. If you have been betrayed, I think to remember that trust is a two-way streak and there may have been something going on where the betrayal has gone on. And we often say you have to prove you, you have to prove worthy of my trust again. But I just want to say that I've seen this often in many settings where a person has saying, this guy still has to prove his trust to me, that he's trust, trustworthy, but trust is a two-way streak. And it's so important that like in anything else, that if you do not decide to forgive and forget, then the trust will not be rebuilt, but because you have to decide to give the person that space again. So it has to be up to you to do it. And on top of that, if you don't forgive and move on from it, you will give that other person a spot in your mind that there should be no room in there for them. If the betrayal was so deep that you cannot, you cannot get a relationship again, still forgive them and move on. So they don't take up space in your mind because for you to be bitter and for you to be caught up in it, that only brings you down. But yes, so having that trust and building the trust, first off, you have to give it back, but then to be vulnerable enough to actually say, you know what, what you did back then that actually caused a hurt in me or it pissed me off or whatever language you're comfortable with. But then leaning back in and saying, if we are to get there, this is what I need from you. And actually putting something in there. I think both parties have to have skin in the game. Otherwise trust cannot be there and we'll create an uneven relationship if we're not willing to give a little bit back. But it is definitely a tough situation to be in once betrayal has come into a relationship. Yeah. And I think the truth of the matter too, that we have to do is to be patient with people because yeah. people are people and we're all going to screw up sometimes. Yeah. So even somebody that you love yeah. and care about might hurt you. Sure. And I think that's the human condition. And I would say that being hurt and being betrayed is two different things. So for me, betrayed is a completely different level, but I agree. And I think that's also often where we see connections being broken is that we don't take the friendship serious enough. All human beings mess up. 
everyone, even my wife, even though she's perfect. But taking this friendship serious enough to saying once someone actually messed up, take it serious enough to go to the person and say, you know what, when you did that, it ticked me off. I'm not here to, to kick a guy laying down, but can we try to steer clear of that another time? Because often we as men, we don't do that. We just say, oh, okay, he messed up. And then we unconsciously start counting. And now he did it five times. Now he did it seven times. Now he did it 10 times. Okay, I'm done. I'll wash my hands out of here. I'm just done with him because he's stupid. But what we fail to see often is that we're so differently wired. So this guy may not even have realized that what was massive for you wasn't a massive thing for him. It may not have been intentional. He may not have thought about it. But the fact that small things because of your baggage is a massive thing for you and a small thing for him. But he had no way of knowing it because you never opened your mouth. And I think that's where we often go so wrong that, yeah, I may have missed up. And for you, it was a betrayal, but we didn't communicate. So there was no way of knowing it. And I think that is where the communication part and the being vulnerable is so important to take your friendship seriously enough that you are actually going to take that tough talk and say, you know what, let's talk about what happened last Friday. Yeah, I think that's something that we need is that ability to go back and forth and to mm. think of the, the phrase iron sharpens iron. If we're not oh, yeah. able to challenge each other on the things that we need to work on. So if I'm not able to tell my mm. friend, dude, if you don't start brushing your teeth, I can't stand closer than five feet from you. And he needs to be able to tell me, you need to stop swearing so much in front of my kids or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah come on. Yeah, and if we don't do that, how can we know? How can mm. we get better? Like we, we have to be able to give it and receive it, right? Absolutely. And I think that's so important. And I love that saying we have to be able to receive it, but we definitely have to be willing to toughen up and give it as well in, in the loving way. We don't just go around bashing people over the head, but it's love when you actually look at a brother and you say, you know what, I see this. And I think staying curious at the same point and saying, you know what, I see this is what I think it is. Can you help me explain it? because you may see it in a different way. Being curious as we go towards saying, what's up with that? Can we have a talk just man to man? And being curious and being loving in it, often when we do that, often when I've done that in my own life and when I see my clients do it, it's always a draw jumping experience because like, oh, I had no idea that was what was going on in his head. I thought it was like this and he had a completely different experience. Yeah, when we assume what other people are thinking <laughs> or feeling. We know what that does. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it it's catchy and it's a phrase for a reason because it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what are the biggest pitfalls do you think in most people that are trying this, this process and you're coaching a lot of people in this, what do they run into yeah. if they need help with? I think there is something about when it becomes really tough, especially for men to look inwards and actually start dealing with our own insecurities. Most men do not like the insecurity that it takes to start dealing with our insides and to actually bring it out. I had this great experience with this massive, strong, and he had a beautiful head of hair, just like me, bald guy. And he came to the realization that he did not want to be a man the same way his dad was a father and a man for him. 
And it took a lot of pain to realize that his dad was not the role model that he wanted him to be. And he didn't want to give that to his future kids. But seeing him tackle it piece by piece, sometimes I had to drag it out of him. We got to dig deeper. We got to figure out what's going on. Why are you not, why are you not progressing like we agreed on last week? And what are we going to do now? And being, being able to look inward when it's uncomfortable. I see a lot of men struggling in that area. And it's not because men are bad. We're just not used to taking that. It's easier for us to go outside and take it out on a pile of firewood, that ax and getting it out of the system that way. And it's not a bad thing. Please get it out of the system, but maybe sit down and consider what can I do differently? What's my one step? And I think so often we see the chasm between what is and what could be. And we feel like we have to jump that two and a half miles to get there. When in reality, it's just one step. It's just the next time you're challenged in terms of yelling at your kids inappropriately, don't talking the way you should to your wife, not stepping up to your friends when they're crossing over the line. You only have to face the next time, not the next hundred times, just once and then deal with that one. And then one more time, don't think about the next 500. We just have to take those small steps. And all of a sudden we'll see that we are so far away from where we used to be, but just one step at a time. And then we'll get there. What do you think is the biggest reward from having a good group of friends in your life? The biggest reward, I would say that the camaraderie that comes out of a healthy group of men is that I see that, that we're bringing each other to a better place. I have this group of guys that I've met up with for years. And once we started changing our culture and actually pushing each other forward, I see that we're all collectively uh, moving in, in a great direction because we actually decided to put it on the table. What is it like to be dads these days? How do we become better dads? And sometimes we have guys sitting there. I have had a bad couple of months. I have not been the dad I wanted to be. And for us to actually move that along in a good direction, we've become better dads. We've dared to talk about it. We've become better husbands. We've become better at our jobs because we actually look at that. And I actually, I know it sounds weird, but I'm becoming a, becoming a better and better version of myself. And I love to see that in, in my friends as well. And I love to dig for the gold in my friends instead of just letting status quo be status quo. Yeah. So with this group of dads that you talk about here, this group of guys, did it happen organically or was it intentional? What, how did you guys all decide to start connecting? Now we've met up for 20 years. We, some of us, one of the guys, I, I actually known him for 30 somewhat years since we were quite small. And most of us have gone to high school and stuff like that together, <clears throat> but from all over the country. And for many years, we didn't have anything special in our group. We would just meet up a couple of times a year, sometimes, sorry about that, sometimes a little bit more, but it was actually me and one of the other guys who one day said, you know what? Should we try to dig a little bit deeper this year, just as an experiment, see where this will take us. And so my friend said, yeah, I want to do that. Let's go for it. And he proposed at a Christmas party, you know what, let's just take a round and say one thing each kind of Thanksgiving -y that we've been grateful for this year. And one thing that's been tough this year and that snowballed it 
Every and when he proposed it, people were giggling. Yeah, sure, let's do that. Let's start knitting as well. But but then we started doing it, and it became an amazing talk. And for a month after that, people were like, that was my highlight evening of the year. It was my best gathering for a long time. And since then, it's been become this tradition that we did it. But it was definitely intentional, and it was definitely a move towards let's do something different than what we've always done. And I'm really grateful that we did that because that was a different. It was definitely an eye opener for me myself and in my journey of how I used to be with my guy friends and how we want to be together. Yeah. I think that's an excellent example. I can see, I have some similar relationships in my life that are like that. And I like the friendship. I have a lot of friendships that we have been close at various times. And now for whatever mm. reason, we're not. I like that if you do a good job with those friendships, when you fall away, then you can pick up where you left without a yeah. lot of having to start all over again. It And that usually only works if you build a good friendship to start with. Because the people you start with aren't the ones you end with. Definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I agree, but it takes some intentionality as well when we're too far away from each other and making sure that we dig into that depth. And again, I think it's also about framing the friendship. I actually have a good friend. We live fairly close to each other, but we only see each other every four to six months. And we're very intentional about that. We know we've got full lives. He's got a couple of kids that take up a lot of time and a big career where it's okay. That's where we are at. We've actually made a decision to say, let's never, when we're together say, so what's happened since last time? Because then we just spent three hours catching up for a month of things that may not be relevant anymore. So we actually made this little rule, never catch up on that. We can send each other text and stuff like that. And we'll talk on the phone when we need to. But when we're together, we'll never catch up. We just want to dig deeper straight away. And it was a little bit weird the first time we did it, but then it's like, this makes sense. We'll just want to, we want to be here. We don't want to spend three hours catching up. And I think there's a lot about framing it and just being intentional. What's important and what will just be fill into the conversation instead of actually bringing out the gold that we want. One of the things that I think good friends do is have fun together. Yes. So what do you do Agreed. with your friends to have fun? Yeah, we were actually on a, we went to a summer house this weekend, a cabin and all kinds of stuff. We had a, it's called a wild man, like a hot tub, but it's fueled with, with, with bonfire and stuff inside the hot tub. So we had that. And actually one guy brought, what's it called? AC cars, remotely controlled cars. And we made a whole area outside in the park. We like to go out and play, play some football and just hang out. We get some good food and play some games and just hang out as guys like to do. We definitely want to do something where we're together and just good food, good time and spend a weekend together. That's definitely my highlights when we get together. Awesome. So let's talk about mm. another thing that I know is an issue for some of the guys that I have worked with and see is what do you do when your spouse isn't on board with you going and hanging out with the guys? And I know that is another, yeah. another whole <laughs> rabbit trail, but how yeah. do you work with that situation? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a tough talk that is a must to have. 
Of course, I wouldn't go every other weekend. That would just not be responsible in terms of family life and everything. But sitting down and having the talk and talking about what fuels you as a man, what makes you feel alive. My wife is quite remarkable in that sense. I think she realized it before I did that for me to go on a skiing trip once a year to do something where I feel like I'm almost dying to make me feel alive is something that just fuels me in a way that I become a better dad when I come home. I become a better spouse when I get to do some of these stupid things, hitting my head against some log somewhere in the forest and feeling alive in a different way. And, and the whole talk of we are different as men we're different as uh, male and female and understanding that and having that talk with her and saying, okay, how can you set me free to do this? I might be able to set you free to do something else because I become a better version of myself when I come back and firmly believe that's the case. At least it is for me when the weekends are with the right kind of the content. Yeah. And I think mm. that if we work to maintain trust with our spouse and have that good relationship, she'll be yeah open to trusting. And if there's a reason that she doesn't, then that's something that you need to work through or find and get help, I imagine. hundred percent. And if that's the case, then that's what you got to talk through. And if there is some baggage there, then that's a different kind of story, but it's still something that has to be dealt with because when we try to contain each other in a relationship, what happens to 90% of all men, all people is that when we are contained, we will try to break free. And that's just not a way to have a relationship. If you're tying each other up instead of setting each other free, it is just a matter of time before that relationship probably will not be anymore. So for the sake of the relationship, that talk needs to be had so that you can set each other free to, to be the best versions of yourself. So we've talked a lot about men having friendships with other men, which I think is important. Mm. I think it's vital for us. Sure. Mm. Do you have friends that are women other than your wife? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have some people in my life that I call good friends that are female. Definitely. Uh, it's. At some versions, it's a different kind of relationship for sure, but many of the aspects are definitely the same. There'll definitely be something that I wouldn't feel comfortable about talking about in that relationship, just because I feel like it, it works better in a male setting, but I have female friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you have to be in that same guard? You have to maybe be guarded a little bit to, to make sure that doesn't become an inappropriate relationship at all. I think it's definitely something that we should always make sure to, to not neglect it. I feel like if we're, if we just dancing along and not thinking about our actions, we can send the wrong signals or we can receive the wrong signals. So for, first of all, I, my wife and myself, there's a high level of trust, but I have been in, in a work relationship with a girl where I definitely or female or found out she got attracted and there was a spark. I could have started investigating what that was. Or I could just say, you know what, that is not a road I'm willing to go down. I'm just not going to go that way at all because I have one lady in my life like that and she's the one for me. So to protect that, I had to tell her, I don't think this is going to be us. And that was a tough talk. And she started saying, I overreact and I'm like, you may be right. I'm just not willing to take that risk. And for me, I'd rather stay five steps away from that than going too close to it because it's just not an option for me to, to go down that road. I think that's a, I like the way you said that five steps away rather than mm. too close. It's better to stay yeah. away from the cliff than to accidentally 
or carelessly fall off it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like to ask all my guests a handful of questions. This has been a really enlightening conversation so far. So I'm looking forward to your answers. To Likewise. This. Simon, what does it take to be a man? <laughs> I think it is so important that we step away from what manliness used to be. And I'm not saying that the values of the strong man are irrelevant, but I think we have to step away from that. So I think it actually takes a courage to be true to yourself because manliness is just as unique as every single man is. And so manliness has to be of knowing yourself enough to dare to be your true self. And that is a cliche if you listen with the wrong ears, but there's so much depth in it and just daring to be you and daring to explore what that is manly in my head and being willing to take those curious steps towards finding your true self. That is dead manly in my book. Excellent answer. Simon, if you were to run into the 10 year old version of Simon, what do you want him to know? Yeah. I would probably give him a massive wedgie and ask him to hold down and just be calm. I've, I've been too busy living five steps ahead my entire youth, telling him to just enjoy what you're in right now. Enjoy the present, see the beauty in this instead of always being a month ahead, a year ahead, I would definitely tell him to slow down and enjoy where you are. Now, would 10-year-old Simon have listened? No, he would have given me a wedgie back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> or he would have tried at least, yeah. <laughs> no. no. But I think I would have loved for someone to tell me because I was all over the place. Do you live that out now? Is that how you're trying to live your life now? Or are you still struggling through that? No, I think I'm getting more and more in that. I don't believe that we'll ever get there. I think we're working progress. And I, and that's one of the reasons why I love coaching because it is about being on that journey. It's never about having the end goal. Cause once you hit that, you realize, oh, there's another one there. There's another path for me to go on. But I definitely think that I find times to just be present. And especially when I'm around my kids, when I'm around my wife, when I'm actually in a coaching situation for me to shut off the phone, make sure that the watch is on theater mode and just being with the person that I'm with, I find the joy in it. And I see the people around me find it as well. And then let tomorrow's misery and sorrows just wait. Now I'm here, especially when I'm dealing with people, I just see that as a sickness that we so often are more ready to see what's going on here than the people we're actually present with. And I would love for us to be more focused on right now. That's really good. Simon, what's your best advice for the men listening? My best advice right now. I would love for the men to to dare to put themselves on the agenda. I would love for men to realize that we become our best version of ourselves when we actually also prioritize ourselves. I see so many men being caught up in building the best life for their families and doing what a real man is supposed to, but prioritizing that some me time where I recharge and I then is a key factor that 
you have to be charged up for you to give something away. Yeah, I think that I actually think about that a lot because how often we don't always realize that we're not doing that until we get that empty battery and then you're trying to function exactly. and you can't. And I'm speaking to myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely hearing that. I And I've done that lately, I think. I've been in this phase of go and, uh, and a lot of what I'm doing, it can benefit me, but yeah. Dude, that's some really good advice. I'm taking that today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so if our listeners want to know more about the coaching that you're doing, if they want to get plugged in with you, what's the best way to make that happen? Yeah, come find us on Instagram. We are just called Simon and Helena. So that's S-I-M-O-N, Simon and A-N-D, Helena with an E in the end. So that's H-E-L-E-N-E, Simon and Helena on Instagram. And then in our link tree, there's descriptions on how to book a call completely. Come and chat with us or find our website and so on and follow up with us. We'd love to chat with anyone who wants to, uh, just curious about what's going on. Yeah. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes for our listeners too, so they can click through yeah, and check perfect. it out. Yeah. Simon, I really appreciate the conversation today. This has been good stuff. I'm, I Likewise. think it'd be cool to have you on again sometime, so I'll keep you in my Rolodex. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Let's talk about manliness. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you again, man. Thank you. Simon, thanks so much for being on the show with us. I really appreciate your insight, and I hope that it's helpful to our audience. I'm sure it will be. Guys, make sure you check out the show notes for the links to his stuff. I really love you guys. I'm glad that you take the time to listen and that you interact with us. Again, go to the Facebook group. It's uh, the Manlyhood Man Cave. We'd love to have you there. All right, guys, I love you. I care about you, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. Cast.